Happy Friday, anyway, gentlemen. Yeah, well, good to uh, good to get amongst them. Welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases. Uh, a little while ago, we had the guys from Newcastle Mirage on, and one was a DJ, one was in a band. We did a bit of a rock versus electronic music episode, right? And we're just discussing pre-podcast that you know we don't know a lot about sports. These guys, well, at least one of them has admitted they don't know much about the music from. The topic we're going to discuss tonight. So this might be maybe not a versus, but a perfect marriage here—a melding of minds. A melding of minds. This is where sport meets art. Exactly. Cultural exchange. So Mossy and Robo, podcasters themselves, video blogcasters. One's off to do a live stream of hockey right after this. What's your topic? Yes. Well, look, it's it's very topical. It's fifteen years. Right now, this this night, uh, since the Sydney Olympic Games, what were, what were called the greatest games ever at the time, and uh, I figured, look, how can we somehow fit that into the to the uh, onto the table here tonight and talk about, I guess, the games, what it gave to Australia, what it gave to the people of Australia, and some of the musical highlights as well. And if oh, you can, yeah. if you think about the opening ceremony and even the closing ceremony. Even the Paralympics, you know, they were big too, and yeah. uh, and they have op- the opening, closing ceremonies there. Lots of artists, lots of songs, and lots of happy memories. So I thought there's plenty there we could, you know, delve into. And I know Mossy had a big part to play in the uh, behind the scenes, and there's plenty of stories there too. So I full thought... dis- full disclosure from the beginning, I wasn't in the country during the Olympics. Ah, so, okay, yep, uh, yep. About a, like 90, 98, 99, my parents moved me to New Zealand. And so I was in our neighbouring land watching everything from afar. And then, you know, I probably saw most of it when someone sent my dad like a VHS box set <laughs> of the best of the Sydney Olympics. That was where I got most of my exposure, apart from like bits and pieces that they covered on live TV in New Zealand. Did so you just say moved. they moved you to New Zealand? <laughs> it was like they shipped you away. Hold on, they came with me, but what was I going to do? Was like a, like when it, I was like, I think it was just 12? the Turner phrase you used was uh yeah, it was a choice Turner phrase. I don't know. When you've got a twelve-year-old, you could they, they, you know move him here, move him there, ship him along, try and get him out of the house, put your damn shoes on. You know, it's they moved me. I, I like I'm the fact that you're talking about VHS. There, it kind of reminds me if you go back to the old tape days. I don't know if you guys had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm in my late 30s, but tapes, creating your own mixtapes. Oh, yeah. I used yeah. to, and maybe this is breaching copyright laws, but who cares? <laughs> um, I used to create mixtapes of uh, Triple J. Yeah. And so you would literally just be waiting for the next song. You press record. Oh, I don't want this. You go back, and away you go for the next one. I, I don't think you need to worry about breaching copy laws. Everyone at Triple J currently, I'm sure, has done that. Exactly. In actual fact, the guys at Triple J would love it because when you listen back to that mixtape, you get the announcers topping and tailing all the songs. I mean, I've got Year 12 for me, uh, 1998, I was sitting there studying for the HSC and when the Living Ends album would come on and I couldn't hit that record button quick enough and soon, pretty soon you had the whole album and... You know, yeah, the presenters in there as well. It's all authentic mix. So. Until you get to the end of that tape and you kind of have to quickly change tapes. You yeah, that's not cool. In the middle, but you still continue. It's yeah. an eternal question. Do you let half the song go and then start it again or continue where it left off? Well, if it's taping off the radio, you can't. you just got to that's quickly true. change as quick that's as you true. can. Okay, we, we... No, no, this is good stuff, boys, because... No, no, no. Gross. Well, you do, but you don't because 2000, it's, it's not that long ago. Like, I, it feels like... Only a couple of years ago for me, but it's, oh, it's yeah. a 15-year passage, and you think about how the world's changed since that time 
from a music perspective, entertainment, and how we, you know, consume popular media, cassettes, VHS, that was all the rage back then, and, and now, you know, there was no social media, really, so... Also, people that were born in 2000 are now approaching, like, full professional athlete status, you know? <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. yeah. And they've grown up with the internet. Yeah, entire lifespan of people. Yeah. And they still manage to go outside and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. <laughs> At the other end of the birth lo- uh, death spectrum, watching the opening closing ceremonies from the Sydney Games, some of these guys are passed on now as well. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the talent, but you know, so it's a long time ago, but it's still fresh in so many people's minds. And yeah, you know, I was well, I was nineteen, I think, so you know, coming into your prime and. Great, great memories. Be warned, boys, we tend to take over the microphone. No, that's oh, no, that's okay. Okay. You, you keep us on track here. That's totally okay. We just went down the mixtapes territory. <laughs> that's hard to rein me on. But, um, all right, so you know where I was. Pointy, where were you? I think I was 14 at the time. Or no, 16 at the time. So I would have been at school, year 10 or year 11. I don't think I really got into the Olympics at the time, which, well, ever, really. Yeah. So, um... Probably not the best topic for me. <laughs> you, however, though, spent some time working there, yeah? Yeah, well, pre uh, the Olympics, I actually was working for a company called Lock and Load. Yeah. If anyone in the music industry knows them for um, everything they do, we bumped the set in and the set out as well for the opening ceremony. And the opening ceremony set would be fucking massive. It was massive, mate. They laid out a heap of, like, oh, it was like an MDF or ply. The whole stadium was covered with it. Um, Exactly, and we had to put all that in, building it. Um, The other thing was before that, we were actually building all the props. Hmm. So all these props that came out, the the mowers, the um, uh, lifeguards, these big sort of things going on, we were there building it, making it, painting it, doing all that sort of stuff. So, so was... you look at the VHS box set and you go, I made that, I made that, I made that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well and, we, and we're going to talk about the maestro, Rick Birch, who brought the whole opening ceremony together. And like, I guess, Mossy, you were his left-hand man or right-hand man. this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you want to know the real story, the, the yeah. coolest story? So I don't know if you remember, and I don't know what music was being played, but at the opening ceremony, they had this cauldron, which was to be lit, at the top of the stadium. Yeah. They made the stadium like an Akubra hat originally, and the, yeah. end, the ends were actually get, um, taken away at the end of the Olympics. And anyway, the big cauldron was lit by Kathy Freeman and go all the way to the top. What happened was there's a technical, technical fault and actually got stuck where she was. Oh. So she lit it, and there's all this water pouring around She's her. standing She's in water. She's standing in there. Yeah. Yeah. She has to just stand there and just wait and wait. <laughs> yeah. So we're under the, the stadium in this big room. The guys from Lock and Load, it's just probably about 300 blokes in this one room. <laughs> and all, someone played a little bit of a game. They went out there on the walkie-talkie. They said, boys, come up here. We've got to push this thing up. Everyone just launches into this yeah, massive yeah, cheer, yeah. thinking we're about to push the Olympic flame all the way to the top. Our own little moment of history right there and then, but obviously he was taking the piss. So, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Tough days, man, um, working, bumping in and out. So, oh, especially it, out, it was like 24 hours. I don't even know if I got paid. <laughs> I just did it. So, yeah, look, it was an awesome time. But that's um, the thing. Like, that was a huge event for Australia. It was probably the biggest we could possibly do. And the reason it was probably so good is because everyone went, shit, this is pretty big. We need to put in a hell of a lot. Whereas maybe a bigger nation would have gone, yeah, we can handle this. We got this. We went, holy crap, we've got to do really good. Yeah. Now, I think we were up for it totally. And uh, I'm thinking from a personal perspective, I was at uni 
first year, second year uni. We got three weeks holiday. Uh, I was living at a residential college at Sydney Uni and we got told we had to get out so they could bring people in related to the Olympics. So um, I actually was up on the north coast, which is where I'm from, uh, at a holiday place at uh, near Iluka on the beautiful Clarence River and uh, mates and I, we watched the opening ceremony there, very memorable. We watched the first few nights, saw Ian Thorpe carving it up. And then I, I just sort of thought, oh, this is too good and, and actually got back down to Sydney and went to a bunch of stuff there. But... Um, yeah, so it was a good time of year. They brought daylight savings early, yeah. um, about two or three weeks as well. Mm, I do remember. So it was like yeah, it was like the summer. Nation, they they forced <laughs> summer, and the weather was fantastic. It was hot. I only remember that because certain people I was talking to in Australia, the time zones that my time to their time suddenly mm. changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, it was a great time anyway. And then we're sports mad, by and large, and so oh, people okay. got behind it. But that opening ceremony, that well, that was it. That was the the chance to go right out. Let's see. Let's well, see what we've got. Let's just throw the two words out there: Nikki Webster. Nikki <laughs> Webster. Oh my God! The making and breaking of Nikki Webster. I, I feel like I feel like the problem is it's the classic child star conundrum. How do you ever top that? The world sees you at the Olympic ceremony, the Olympics opening ceremony, and that's pretty much the biggest you get. It's it's that's exactly yeah. Macaulay Culkin can only ever be <laughs> yeah home alone. Be yeah. That. Heights. Yeah, exactly. and watching, I watched the YouTube clips of the opening ceremony back this afternoon in preparation for yeah. our chat, and there she is, Nikki Webster. She's about three foot high, beautiful voice, and uh, you know she's probably got five kids. And well, what is Nikki Webster up to now? She has a dance studio. Right, she's like, oh. runs and owns we were a dance talking studio. about her recently. <laughs> we you want to get her on yeah. the show, boys? I think she's from the Central Coast. So she yeah, was there who was now. talking about her? Um, I think the conversation was around. The time a few years ago, she did like the zoo magazine shoot in her underwear, and everyone went, Goodness, nope, still too soon. Aren't you like five? No, wow, what was her greatest hit? I remember Strawberry Strawberry Kisses, Kisses. that was easily the greatest hit. She have an album, or was it just she would have had an album? Surely, somebody get on this, she would have had an album. Right. Mustard. Yeah, right. I remember that film clip just. Were the film clips tacked onto the end of those VHSs you were sent? (laughs) (laughs) They were with a a tape. I seem to remember that. Her her part in in the whole thing started at the bid, didn't it? Did she not speak when we were bidding? Did they use her? I've got to remember. Would she be able? Would she, she have been alive in like? Oh, uh, we got it in like. Would have been like six years we? before. Or yeah, something, so maybe it? I'm like, dreaming that. Yeah, it's got to be. Maybe I'm dreaming. She that. actually Couldn't speak. She, <laughs> she actually went to school uh, in the shadows of the stadium. I think it's McDonald College there. Yeah. It's a performance uh, performing arts one in okay. Homebush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know whether it's this. I feel sorry for her because she sort of can't live down who she is. But it's like. That's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. I don't feel sorry for you. What the hell else would you be doing? Like, you know, you own a dance studio. That's amazing. Maybe you would have done that anyway. Well, think about it from an Olympics perspective. A lot of athletes, if even if they do get a goal, and there's millions that don't get a goal, if they do get a goal, that's their one in a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So hell she yeah. gets the gold medal. So does she deserve to come back? No. No, get more? No. <laughs> she wasn't there at the next one. I do feel like, though, then we'll interject with, I think, um, you're looking up Nikki Webster's yeah. greatest hits now. I've got to watch um, Robo with his phone. Oh, no, no, I'll put over. it down in a sec. Yeah, usually we just... Just verifying some information. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually we just keep it pub trivia rules and don't bring up the phone, but For I'm sure. curious. Oh, yeah. Um, we can get her on the line if you want. I don't know if it's on Twitter or something. <laughs> Surely she is not that far away. 
just if you go out your front door here and just yell, <laughs> she might be in, mate. Nikki, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Did you find her? Uh, no, I'm still, I'm still looking. I can't get anything yet. Okay. Just well, to quickly go, go to a LinkedIn profile and find out. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> we often do that to introduce some of our um, guests on our podcast. Go to their LinkedIn profile and. Fit All them. right, boys. So Nicole Marie Webster, born 30th of April 1987. Oh, so she's now 28. Wow. Okay, hold on. She's not that much younger than you. I was born in 1986. <laughs> there we go. We, do we ship her off to New Zealand? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, think... I'm standing by the claim that, she, that, that we got her up at the bid. So Nothing she would have been old enough. Yeah. I'm in with a chance. <laughs> yes. Anyway, what, was your, what did you want to know? Her hits? Strawberry Kisses. Yeah, Reach number two have? on the Australian signal. What sing, else did she have? Uh, her debut album, Follow Your Heart. Second single, Depend On Me. No, nope, don't remember Very that. forgettable. Not a clue. Very emotive songs. Yes, yes. And um, so, yeah. That's it. So it was those, oh, it was those two songs. Wizard of Oz had a bit of a crack at um, stage production of Wizard of Oz. So. I think like it was a pantomime version with Bert Newton and someone else, maybe? That yeah. sounds terrifying. Yeah. yeah, yeah 2002 yeah, really album, Bliss, Something More Beautiful, reached number 13. Whoa, so. she had another album. There you go. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We had a deal. Sony or something like that. Had gotta to be another yeah, one. Gotta be. Like Anything. Weekend at Bernie style. Just wheel out, you know? <laughs> She's hey, well dead by now. Yeah, I was just thinking as well. I remember the, the swimming team, which are always early on, so we go mad for it. And mm. We go mad because we're good at swimming. Mm. Aussies couldn't care less about European handball because we're hopeless at it. Yeah. Tennis, the whole thing. I remember the Aussies saying they were going to smash the Americans like rock guitars. And I, like, I, it might have been better term, um, but you know Something what I mean. Something like, like that, yeah. yeah that's that's smash, like smashing like guitars. Smashing yeah, like guitars. Yeah. Or ACDC. And when they won a relay, I think it was Grant Hackett or someone, Thorpey got up there and he just did an old air <laughs> guitar. Now, he didn't get his G chord right, but <laughs> at least he had a crack at it. But yeah, someone looking look, real closely at that. <laughs> pause, rewind, step back. Yeah. But music, no music's everywhere. It's everywhere in the Olympics, and uh, we didn't even know it. But back onto the, like onto the sports for a second. I feel like there was a lot of star athletes around that point, like because sort of we're working our way up to the Olympics, and the Olympics made stars out of certain people. It's, it's I feel like there may not be as many like big names in that same respect as they were. Yeah, I think you know, what one key thing you got to identify as well is once you get that Olympics, they'll spend a truckload of money to get their athletes at a leading performance to win gold medals yeah, at yeah. their home. Because it's impressive, you know, if you're yeah. hosting a, like an event like that, you know, yeah. you've got to present. But they actually, what happens, and they've shown some research, is that the best Olympics they tend to have is the next one. Compared yeah. to every other Olympics. They do better at the home ones, yeah, but it's the next one where they'll beat any other one they've done because they've spent all that money and they've got some of these that might have been 16, 17 to that peak and yeah. then they're 20, 23. Um, on, as a roll-on effect or ripple-on effect as well. So, yeah. Tonight, uh, we're recording this on the 25th of September. Yeah. It's 15 years to the night that Kathy Freeman won the Seriously? 400 metres. So, no and in honour of that, and you won't be able to see this because oh. you're listening to the podcast, but I've got my best attempt at wearing the Kathy Freeman speed suit. Oh, fantastic. And, um, but yeah, and... And people talk about that night because it was obviously huge from an Australian perspective, but in terms of other track and field action, that was massive in terms of some of the other events that happened as well. But And athletics is massive in terms of the Olympics. You know, with the swimming's great because, as you said, Mossy, we win a lot in the first week. We get the medal tally bumped mm. up. But for us to be winning gold medals in a, in athletics is pretty is very rare these days. And Cathy 
well, she did the did the business on that night, and yeah, I wasn't actually there, but it would have been amazing she to, to be the part onesie, of it. Onesie trend by that. She 10 did, years. And, and no one else has done it ever no. since. It was a, a deal with Nike, apparently, and uh, <laughs> really? no, true story. Yeah. And they, they call it the condom suit because she no looked like she was in the condom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so interesting. Very. Oh, man, and she was a total star around that time. Yeah. You know, she was everywhere. Interestingly, uh, and if you want to read books and read articles about it, she, so she was going through a law suit at the time with her former manager and coach, Nick Bideau. Yeah. And uh, when Kathy Freeman crossed the finish line in the 400 metres, if I've got this right... Nick Bideau, who had coached her and, you know, was obviously keen to see her do well, but was still are involved in, in this bit of a legal battle, which we don't need to go into, but yeah, he no, was on... a relationship as well? They, apparently time. so, I don't know. Oh, that, uh, <clears throat> but he, he, arena situation. he was on the better. warm-up track with another athlete who he was coaching, an Irish woman called Sonia O'Sullivan, getting her ready for her 5,000 metre oh. final, yeah. and uh, who we went on to marry later on. Sonia won the sort of Sonia, Sonia won the, oh. the silver yeah, medal. That's a, that's a coaching style for you. Yeah. Well, I don't, I know that's that's about as far as we need to probably take it. But yeah. that's that's an interesting little. Imagine oh, imagine yeah. the, that the nation's just going crazy for this athlete, and there you are in the warm up track. And he said, yeah. and I've read a, a, a quote where he said he heard that roar and he he knew that she had had the win, and he was that's very happy. So huge. so this is a podcast about music, yeah? No, well, yeah, this, but music, just a massive, movies, culture kind of thing. Massive high five to anyone who's stuck. To quickly slip Nikki Webster in for one more time, and then, and then I promise. And you got to underestimate how you, you're underestimating yeah. how long people will wait for more Nikki Webster. Nikki. Oh no! <laughs> we'll wait this long. The viewers we'll are back. <laughs> um, just to point out, her hit at the opening ceremony was "Under Southern Skies." Yeah. But the the first thing we saw at the opening ceremony to bring it back there. When you asked us to come on the show tonight and you said movies, music, um, Mossy special interest, Karate Kid. And look, he, yeah. we were elbowing each other on the way in here. He still wanted Karate Kid late Favorite on. Favourite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. You were almost going to crack down that door and say, right, yeah. Olympics, oh, he was, the door, Karate Kid. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. And it still may happen. But um, movie-wise, <laughs> uh, there was a point in my life where I could quote you every line of Man from Snowy River. <laughs> the link is the Sydney, opening, Sydney 2000 opening ceremony. The first thing that happened was... 125 stock horses um, coming out and the theme from Man from Snowy River played oh, and so that got the hairs on the back of the neck straight away and that was the the, the moment for yeah. the opening ceremony tearing so, up the ply that was uh, well I don't know how that worked yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really interesting when a country like it's, it's major city hosts an Olympic kind of opening ceremony event it's like okay like London Let's cram everything culturally oh. from our country that it's, we can yeah. into two hours of power. Yeah. It's amazing. It, well, that's exactly what they proceeded to, to have a good crack at doing, yeah. telling the Australian story. And they actually, um, watching it back this afternoon, not a bad job at, at uh, I guess, pa- painting the picture of the first you know, inhabitants of Australia and the, yeah. the Indigenous people there. And um, it's, that was, yeah, very, very, very well done and quite relevant and it I guess where does it just become a yeah it's part it's part entertainment it's part storytelling it's part beating your chest here I am I'm an Australian it's total and representation the flags it's like are everywhere you've got to distill everything yeah present what you are yeah what? I guess it's like a tourism thing as well like to educate the people from around the world on what Australia is mm. yeah. yeah and probably play to the 
classic stereotypes and yeah. cliches. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Mick yeah. Dundee came out at the closing ceremony. <laughs> Paul Hogan dressed as Mick Dundee. Yes. Crocodile Dundee. That's right. Um, Elle McPherson and Greg Norman all get oh rolled out at the closing God. ceremony. Well, the closing ceremony was the best for stuff like that because the opening one, you had bits and pieces here and there. You had the occasional music like, but it was more about the performance and the presentation and the story. But the closing ceremony had... Um, you had Barnsey. I don't know if you had Barnsey, but you definitely had Barnsey. You had Men at Work. You had Midnight Mid-oil. Oil yep. in the sorry suit. Tina Arena? Or was that the opening? Burning. I think Tina Arena was in the opening. opening right. But, oh my God. You, you had Vanessa Amorossi singing Absolutely Everybody <laughs> in the closing. Um, can't go past Vanessa. Not at all. Nikki. Not at all. Um, <laughs> I think Vanessa might be working with Nikki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surely. Oh, she's get him on. I'm going to headline John Farnham on his next last stand mm. tour. She's just trying not to answer Mark Holden's calls anymore. Um, Kylie Minogue doesn't miss her Kylie opening Minogue or closing. She, she was one of the only ones that yes. doubled. She got the opening and the closing. Oh, I was pretty, pretty sure. Dear. And I think they rolled her back out for the Paralympics as well. So. Oh, did they? Yeah. Kylie. And we saw some of Kylie's work at Glasgow. At the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games when we were over there last year. So oh, was she there too? They rolled her out. Yeah, really? yeah. The crowd was going mental because she's huge over there in yeah, in the UK. Thanks to Neighbours Days. And was she the London Olympics as well? I, I can only guess she was. Oh, she's yeah. got to be. Can only guess she was. She'll but... just keep getting rolled out like Weekend at Bernie style. <laughs> she's on the Olympic Committee now. We talked about one thing you talked about there was about culture as well, and and, and an interesting thing at that point in time was. At the to get that flame around the track, so it's four hundred mm. meters, and coming into the um, the stadium, it was all females as well. So okay. there's a big big statement I think about yeah. women in sport and you know the, the women in culture as well. Um, yeah, that by is the Australians. Huge. So because we'd had such great track performers, the Betty Cuthbert, the Mar- Marjorie Jacksons. I even think Dawn might have... Dawn sat next well. to um, Juan Antonio Samaranch. Oh, Dawn uh, was Juan's... Dawn was like, involved. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, she was. And that, for me, that was the closing ceremony. It was all about waiting for that moment. Yeah. For him to say the best, best games ever. But he says that every game. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be a pretty rough trot at the next games if they're like, oh, this was all right. The yeah. last one Does was it, probably the yeah. best. Yeah. Though. <laughs> the worst one was Keep at, trying. The worst one was Atlanta. It's really? completely commercialised you know, internally. I don't, so, I don't yeah. remember anything from Atlanta at all. No, no, either do I actually. <laughs> no. Well, there you go. Hey, very hazy. I'm gonna, I want to tie the whole Sydney Olympics and its ceremonies yeah, to yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna throw some names out there like John Paul Young. Yes. Closing ceremony. Yeah, I think Sun Love is in the air. Yeah, right? and that kicked of off the night. That yes. kicked off the party. So oh. it was all about a party time, and so. Uh, JPY, she, he uh, he had a crack. Now the opening ceremony, I was having a look at. The, remember the tap dogs? Yes. Now, that's a Newcastle oh, no. origin as well, is it not? Hold on. So um, at the place I work today, we had like a big charity CD sale, and one of the people from the charity that was like sorting out the tax receipts was like, I'm just going to keep this pile for myself. And on top of the pile was the Bootmen soundtrack. Ah. And she's like, oh, do you think this has Adam Garcia, like the sound of him tap dancing? And I was like, oh, I don't know if it has. Flipped it over, about five UMI tracks on that soundtrack. Mm. And I was like, yes, you can have this. This is what you should be listening to. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've managed to do it again. Oh, shit. 
Um, it's like every UMI. podcast we yeah. manage well, that was to the bring up UMI. Number one today. <laughs> yeah, every podcast, it just slots in have to. Naturally, though. Have you got, it's not forced. Have you got yeah, something, yeah, yeah. There's some sort of link. Well, you've got to get him on. Have you or and Nicky Webster played? <laughs> <laughs> just getting out That of would be interesting. <laughs> have they played at the same... Okay, so you can make the link that if UMI have ever played at a venue in Olympic Park, then maybe they have at least played in the same... I know... They're in the mm. same league. If they've driven well, past, maybe? Maybe they've driven it's past. A dead, dead cat, it was a dead cat three times. Dead cat three times. Brisbane. I know George have played there, and that might have been at Rugby <laughs> World Cup. I think now we're yeah. I think now we're like losing the tenuous link yeah. we had. No, yeah. no. We're, we're trying to do but this well, without... I mean, that's, a, that's the thing, though. Um, yeah, we, I've been to heaps and heaps of gigs at Olympic Park, but... Is Olymp- because Olympic Park was sort of very much built up specifically for the purpose of the Olympics... Is it recouping its cost? Like, does it get used enough? I don't get, think gets... it ever did recoup the cost. No, well, it's been but, sort of a bigger, bit of a saga. But now they're actually doing it up with lots of uh, waterfront apartments. I know, lots oh. of, I know some pretty successful business people, that's where they live now. So really? it's actually, it's, it's finance mojo. Previously, it was like swamplands, but it was also a massive abattoir oh. that kind of, you know, fed the whole of Sydney as far as um, with, with the animals. So really? it is making a bit of a comeback. What I can do tell you though is there's a nice uh, Indian restaurant there. <laughs> we went and had a uh, you had a, a, a bhaji wrap, mate. <laughs> oh, hold on, is yeah. this in like the the main strip of restaurants around that area? Oh, no, it was actually part? on a side street off it. Like, okay, you got that little street and it's sort of yeah. a block away from it at the other end of the train station. Because so. we went to see uh, Billy Joel. Whoa, oh. at um, All Phones Arena, and we went to an Indian restaurant in Olympic Park. And I went with my cousin Jill and a hand there and said, oh, Jilly Bowl. Hey, Jilly Bowl, Billy Joel. All right. Ah, look out. Yeah, yeah. and that was, that was my dad joke. So far, life. that is oh, that's the good. of the podcast. I'll play that. Jilly yeah. Bowl. Um, but no, getting back to what you said, it has, that precinct has done as good as any um, post-Olympic site in the world, I think. Yeah. Athens, famously, they, you can find photos online now of just, it's all in disrepair and not loved and not used. Yeah. Whereas... That's at least, it got a nice buzz about it and they've preserved that and they've, uh, I think, done a lot to try and keep sporting action out there. And yeah, and I've been to both sports and music out there and I think it's kind of, like, it still feels kind of exciting to go yeah. there because it's removed from city, it's removed from everything mm-hmm. in terms of like your George Streets of Sydney or whatever, it's, it's some kind of place special to go. Yeah, yeah I think it's just getting home once you... <laughs> that's that's, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, getting there is fine. Getting right. back out, yeah, that's You've got, you got these world-class facilities that if you've got to get there from Newcastle, <laughs> you've got to get to Strathfield. Yeah. If you're lucky, they're running some kind of special service that goes straight there. But and that's a got, huge event. So you've got to go out to, to Lidcom and then yeah. catch the flyer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seriously, if you're trying to... Fill an eighty thousand seat capacity stadium and get people to use public transport. It is a nightmare. Yeah, I can uh, remember many a big day out and thinking, "How the hell are we going to get back?" <laughs> yeah, like, that, that area runs big day out. It runs Soundwave. It runs like the main Australia Australia Stadium. Like is it ANZ Stadium? Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. originally it was Stadium Australia. Olympic Park. I, I do okay. have another, a bit of a story about that as well. I was um there for the first ever event which was a double header in the rugby league mate we haven't even spoken about this uh, i was there too all right. I, was, yeah. <laughs> well, I might have served you i was serving behind the bar that was my <laughs> i big was that high i was the third row back from that high one at the end oh, well, man. The the played St. george in the second game my bar got shut down at the start of that game so i got to go out 
and watch a full game of footy and it was amazing oh, it, was, it was when they remember i t- told you about the akubra because the end stands went you know straight mm. up um and yeah i got to sort of yeah be amongst that it was, it was just amazing if you're gonna work an event that's how you want to work it yeah definitely the other other event i've worked at um a fair bit was home bake yeah um and we had a good little thing going on um, there's probably about did it for three years and we had just used to have these massive lineups me and another mate because we just basically said you know what they're making heaps of money off this event the yeah. bar we're going to donate back to the people. So oh. you give me twenty dollars, I give you four beers, which you could actually buy, but I'll probably give you about thirty bucks back. <laughs> and can, you can imagine the lines and people. Oh my god. No one else is serving me, and they're like, "No, no, I'm just going to go see him." Yeah, oh my awesome. god! <laughs> and we used to get like at least a bottle of vodka each, and go out and watch the last act because they'd shut the bar. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you're good basically times, like mate. the Robin Hood I am a lefty so yeah there you a go. lot of home bakes everyone's like collecting cans and taking them for their dollar refund you're yeah. like let's go to this guy yeah exactly oh my god yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good one that's for sure we missed out on those home bakes. Oh, my first Splendor in the Grass, like we applied for volunteer status yep. and we like did wristbanding for maybe like an hour before the first day opened and then we got to see the first act and free tickets to the rest of it. Oh. I was like, really? Oh. I thought I'd have to wristband all day. We just have to do like an hour? Great. Happy awesome. Days. That's the go. That yeah. does not exist anymore. I was going to say, how do you sign up for that? That is no longer a thing. I have tried. I don't know if it's still actually going. It probably shouldn't be, but I uh, had a part-time bar gig at Newtown RSL back mm. in the day and that on the strength I, I went around to a few places handing the CV in on the strength that, that something for Kate were playing there the next week um, and I thought this will work out well you know pour a few beers get a few free gigs and it worked out quite good I remember watching an FA Cup final with yeah. the uh, with something for Kate one year Lovely. Yeah, and we used to have to make up the riders and and uh, I was working in the bar at the up where the, where the stage was and once the band came on it, no one wanted to drink, so you know I'd go and I'll go and get the I'll go and get the empties, right. go around the back and helping out the guitar techs and stuff. It was very very cool. Lots Sadly, of lots of so. Newtown RSL is no longer Dead. there. Well, the building's there, but it's oh there's empty. some dodgy it's been for about yeah. four or five years. Dodgy now, dodgy really? stuff. Yeah. I think was going on. I, I was pretty <laughs> innocent and, and you know. You were just there for the beers, the bands. Exactly. The they paid me. You know? They paid me a little envelope of cash and, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was fine so, out the back alley yeah That's yeah, a, a cash, yeah. A cash job so, as a student it's good we have strayed from the topic no oh well, we're still in well, sydney it's related <laughs> and we're talking music yeah we're a train right away um so i mentioned at the top of the show the passing of some of the of the standout performers and slim dusty's one of them so slim, slim dusty God. rolls out for uh, Waltzing Matilda, Waltzing I think, Matilda, in yep. closing ceremony, and so yeah, he no, got that over John Williamson. That well, was a big, big call. I'd like to know who made that decision. Slim. Well, John Williamson. No, I'm not slim. I saw a CD single today that was Waltzing Matilda 2000 by John Williamson. So he did it for something. He did Waltzing for Matilda cash. in 2000. Oh yeah. <laughs> But he did Walsing Matilda it was an for opportune moment. He used to sell uh, CDs out the back of the Newtown <laughs> RSL. I'm, I'm, I'm Slim Dusty. <laughs> yeah, look like Slim Dusty. Just shot me.
They're slim. Um, yeah, slim. no, and Troy, I mean, Troy Cassidale. <laughs> Sorry, just John Howard's political career. Yes. Yeah, John Williamson, they, they tried to make Waltzing Matilda a, an anthem for the Australian rugby team. Mm-hmm. Really? So for a while there, John Williamson would come out and get and, everyone and singing Waltzing Matilda. Maybe that but was what he released it for. That, that was when they were actually good as well. They should bring it back. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> all it's awkward. <laughs> Australian sporting crowd singing is awkward and we don't do it well. Oh, no. I'm, do I look do at Wales well. and the fact that they can get together and they have good songs. We don't have oh, good man. songs. Some of those teams have chants for every single player. You know, we, yeah. we're struggling to get one for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Even our anthem. Like, I'll, I'll okay. trade our anthem in any yeah. day. It's I love what it, I guess, it represents and we get to see the... The achievement of winning a gold medal and they play the song, but it's just a dog shit anthem. It's very, <laughs> well, it's I mean, two it's dimensional. Always classic yeah. when it gets to the second verse and you see people uh, drop uh, off. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of second verse, and I've got a few little notes in front of me here, but the second verse, and I'll, I'll challenge any of you, I'll open you a beer here if you can quote me the entire second verse. Mossy looks keen. I couldn't, well, I I couldn't even give you the first no, sentence of the second verse. No, no. Beneath our radiant Southern Cross. And that's it. That's yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. That's a good start. Our heart, our, our hands. So, so opening ceremony. My kids know it. They'll dance. They'll dance at school. Really? Yeah. At, no. at school, and this is something really, really cool. So I'm, I'm big on, um, you know, indigenous, um, you know, health. I've got a health professional background. Also, yeah. just matters as well. Indigenous yeah. matters. And um, at my school now, um, the, they have the Australian flag and the uh, Aboriginal flag, which mm. never happened, and the Australian anthem rocks in with the didge and it's got a nice little beat going to it so you, you see the kids dancing and, nice. and really, really jigging away to it yeah they know all the, the words it's like um, let's take this very very bland and flat thing it always yeah. sounded yeah. solemn like too yeah. solemn at school when, with the anthem I was like oh So New Zealand and South Africa, and and this is one thing I guess where culture and sport do collide, where they actually they'll sing it in a native tongue and they'll sing it in in the, in yeah. the English. And I think in South Africa they throw in Afrikaans as well. Yeah. So you've got the but they all learn it and they all get into it. So well, I love the New Zealand anthem. Mm. Oh. I think it's fantastic. And they're changing their flag. They are. Oh. I did oh. see some of the uh, designs. But they don't win anything at Olympics. No. They don't, don't send many they're... people. That's the thing. How like think of the size of the nation compared to Australia. It's, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. so boys, man, <laughs> I, opening ceremony. So you went to New Zealand. We got this link coming it back to you. It could be a long podcast <laughs> yeah. if, I, if I talked about New Zealand sporting. Sorry. Man from Snowy River theme comes out. James Morrison comes out with his trum- oh, trumpet does. and smashes about smashes uh, waltzing Matilda with the with the Swing City band. And then you had a Advanced Australia Fair with all its verses. Human nature come out with the stock oh, standard. Now, yes. what's your take on the boy what, band? His take on human nature? Well, boy band stripping it back <laughs> version of the anthem. I mean, it's not going to get a team fired up for a battle, okay. is Okay, I don't think that's what it's for. I think it's kind of like, it's, well, we're, we're going to get everyone to, you know, sing along and sing the anthem. Who can sing? Beautiful Let's harmonies. get the vocal group to do it. I think it's less about human nature. Yep. It's more about, okay, this is what we do. 
But uh, I think human nature are right. Good. Look, I'm a massive yeah. boys to men fan. Don't, don't get me wrong. Look, I have oh to admit, I, I have a lot of respect for what they what they can do. So that's might be my, for another day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. My first um, tape. My mum wanted me to get um, John Farnham. Yeah. Okay. Um, Whispering Jack. Just my, my dad, he's a dad joke for you. The greatest hits of Johnny Farnham. I'll, I'll buy it for you, son. Blank blank tape. <laughs> yeah, carry no, on. No, no, this one. This one's gonna, this one's a good one. So mum said, "Here's some money. Go down." And all I grew up on was Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. That's all that was ever played. And, oh, Van Morrison's awesome. Um, I think we're all you know agreeing to Yeah, yeah, you, you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, don't you? No, no. Have a guess. Just voting for Van. Oh, voting for Van. Voting yeah, for yeah, Van. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All those no, in favour. It's unanimous. Yeah, it is. Um, Bros. Oh, yeah. Bros! We're talking boy bands. When will I, I don't be even famous? know what Bros is. Too blonde. Oh, oh well, that's almost when worth getting I, it up on the phone. I'll be famous. I can't nope. answer that. It means nothing to I me. I can't answer that. But so it wasn't. Like... It was a cat amongst the pigeons, which didn't actually <laughs> oh, get a lot. Of, it was brilliant. So yeah, I'm, it's it, look a lot of people Awful out boy there. Band. Yeah, Awful okay. boy no band. shit. Think like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch kind of boy band. Worst. Like Worst. no one. Okay. New kids on the block. Contemporaries, that sort of era, but yeah, yeah. you're probably lucky. You oh, missed a they lot were of that. like <laughs> new kids on the blocks, like cousin Ross. They're, fair they to say were... that a year later or two, oh, that was the first tape I'd purchased that I taped stuff over the top of. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There was a way of doing it. I can't Could remember. You put a bit there, of tape. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. You tape over the little. There's gap. a little. There's a little gap, and you just even. So what I ended up really? doing was getting yeah. legitimate tapes that my mum had bought. Or she was studying, <laughs> studying uh, by correspondence. Had all these like millions of tapes, and you just put a bit of ta- um, like tape over it, and you can. That's your mixtape. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what actually the Living End tape that I got from Year Twelve in '98. That so was one of them. It's interesting with the whole Napster thing that went on, and and all this about online music. We, we were doing it back then. We we're all taping. And, oh hell yeah! yeah. But, that, like, but at the, least it was effort required. You yeah, and it was hard like, to... Yeah. You had, still had to do it yourself. It was like hunter-gathering type stuff. You had to go to the music <laughs> and, and they take went, it back they went, with you. If, you're, if you can go to that yeah. much effort, good on yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 2000 was the tipping point for all that culture, yeah. you know, oh. from taping stuff on tape and then Napster and then everyone getting cynical about music and that kind of thing. You know, you probably, like five years later, the 2000 Sydney Olympics would be less of a earnest affair... I reckon. Probably even two or three years later. You know, You're right. It all changed so quickly. It wasn't yeah. so. It wasn't so early that it would be Ernest Daggy, and it wasn't so late that it would be cynical. It was just at that perfect tipping point of here we are. We're amazing. We're not jaded yet, but we're also not too earnest. We're just. It was this perfect point of of being able to deliver it without a sense of irony. I think you're right, and there's a comparisons made between. London 2012 and and the amazing opening ceremony they had, but you and and Sydney Fucking Spice Girls. Yeah, well on black hats. <laughs> yeah, my God. You with the way the world has changed <laughs> in those 12 years, it's, it's such a you're not comparing like items. No, so, no way. So I, was, I, like, was, I like what you're saying. That yeah. was a well, actually 96, 95, 96 was when. Yeah. Yeah, they they kicked ass. Yeah. For that one. I song. saw that movie <laughs> at the film. At the movies, like five times. You saw the movie. You did the podcast. Oh God, just. You're a fan. Yes, Which... <laughs> but talk to twelve year old me. Like it stirred feelings. It stirred. <laughs> it was educational. Feelings. Oh yeah, don't worry about that. Ah, cool. good. Educational. So back to the second verse, boys. Um, oh yeah. Who do you? Who do you? Any further on that? So first verse is taken. Right. Yeah. Who is the other most famous national anthem singer in Australia that you could probably give the second verse to? 
I think grand final days in about the 1988, 89. Not Tina Turner. No, no. <laughs> Julie Anthony. Oh, oh Julie no. Anthony. So George Bank adds the whole bit. So Julie Anthony comes out and she rips. She takes over from Slim. She takes over from human, from human Nature. Oh, okay. So, 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 so nature Slim was singing Waltzing Matilda. At that closing ceremony. Yeah. That was a different gig. Ah, I'm just dying. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, it's difficult when you get the anthem and the unofficial anthem Well, that's, that's very true. I'm still thinking about Spice World. <laughs> of course you are. I can see, I can see your, your days there. Oh, but okay. So the Nature open up the stock standard first verse. Yeah. And then they throw to Julie who sings Beneath our radiant Southern Cross and no one knows the rest of the words. And what's funny, if you watch it back on YouTube, and I, if you can be bothered, it's worth doing, they're panning in on some of the blokes that have ridden the horses at the start and they're trying to sing the second verse and this poor bastard has the camera right on him and he's just <laughs> mumbling his way through the words. <laughs> going, you may as well just say, I'm out. It's one of those things, it's all or nothing. It like, is. If you don't know, just be respectful and just <laughs> yeah. like, you know. Put your hand on your heart. Yeah. When, like this keeps coming up now, but when I went to New Zealand in like in the early two thousands, in the late nineties, learning like going to school and not knowing the New Zealand anthem, it was pretty much just like. It's like well, it's, it's turning up to a new uh, sporting team. You don't know the team song; they get a yeah. win, and you're just there like you're mouthing what you can syllable wise. But then by the time I moved back in the mid two thousands, like. I'd completely forgotten the words of the Australian anthem because <laughs> it's like I finally get to know this one and I've completely uh, forgotten the first one. Yeah, but like, there's not many times as an adult you need to sing the national anthem. Oh, really? I don't know. With, with cameras pointed? Well, cameras pressure, pressure on. My God. I'd be fucked. We sung it a few times at Glasgow <laughs> Commonwealth Games. That was solo. In Hampden Park. More or less. And it was, yeah, pretty much solo. Oh, I remember this, I don't know who won the gold medal. Yeah. But we were there, and we had the flags. Inflatable and all that. kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, inflatable kangaroo jumpy. Uh, he became a legend over there, got yeah. on national TV, which yeah. is um, awesome. And um, I remember there was one where we actually, I think we collectively forgot the word. We shit ourselves. We did, because <laughs> there was, usually you've at least got, you know, the rest of the grandstand singing the song with you, yeah, but yeah. it was just us, and I was like, it's uh, just and you fr you. freeze you up, and I think it was somewhere around Gert. By sea, we might have just stumbled <laughs> through. <laughs> and, and we got a, people sort of went, I don't even know the anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a good, good, if we had a good one, I'd know it. We used to go to every, uh, every Newcastle Knights game in Auckland when they played the Warriors, and it was pretty much just like red and blue, little dot there, <laughs> Warriors fans. Done. I get it. Totally. So are you a Knights or Warriors fan? Knights Warriors? Yeah, okay. Where you come from? Well, I don't know. Forget the anthem. I come from Bathurst, so... Well... They have the, the, the Penguins, we'll that's the local you. footy team. Oh, the Penguins? The Bathurst Penguins. That's so cute and yeah, adorable it is. Well, they've turned into cold climate. They've turned into uh, Bathurst Panthers now, oh, because they the whole Panthers <laughs> conglomerate, but yeah. But I do I do feel like if you're going to name a sports team, you know, the Penguins is like a little waddle. So, <laughs> mate, there are some oh, great sporting nations I out feel there. like it's you get people like off their side to start with. It's like Penguins. They're not scared. It was like think of Batman. Yeah. You lull them into a false sense of security. It's true. They have a lot of skills. That's, yeah, it's true. Speaking of Glasgow, by the way, we do have Glasgow study coolers, right? Yeah. Yes. Blue, so the Blue Room, which is where this from, is a um, like a location where all the players and their parents and friends go to get basically get on the piss, get shit faced after the event or semi nude. 
We turned up. There. Mm. We turned up there on the last night, thinking, "How good is this? this? Is going to be the best thing ever." And we turned up. There was about twenty people there. Oh no! Yeah, a couple of old dads and yeah. <laughs> hanger on <laughs> But we but we loaded up on stomach girls, and that's our gift to splitting cases. Oh, it's tonight. like a heart party on stealing shit. <laughs> that's and that's, right. It's a tartan. I don't know officially, mate. That's the splitting cases tartan. Oh, look out! <laughs> splitting cases tartan. There you have it, right there. Okay. In the um. So, last thing I'll do to reel it back in, yeah. two more names for you because uh, this, is, this was massive and I think still has a bit of a lasting legacy. So, the song called The Flame, which I think yeah. might have been the song you were alluding to before when it led up to when Cathy had oh, okay. to light the flame. It's no absolutely not everybody. True. So, oh, not the <laughs> No, 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 sorry. But, so Tina, but Tina Arena, <laughs> that, that other, uh, you know, iconic... Australian. musical identity also so, if, hold on before you continue you, if Tina if the Spice Girls stirred feelings <laughs> when I was young Tina Arena stirs some feelings now my god well in 2000 look she was looking Jeez. pretty good a pretty tight fitting gold little number and she belted out the flame with all her life but yes she did uh, that was great a bit of a bit of an anthem of the games but who wrote that song who? John Goodman now John Goodman used to play the piano on the side of Good Morning Australia with Bert Newton. Oh. And John Goodman's written a number of... Who's that guy? And is and, he and not from Newcastle? Newcastle? So I'm thinking... Mate, yeah. it's almost the Newcastle games. So oh we had the tap, tap Dogs... I wonder they were the best ever. Tap Dogs, John Foreman and, and John Paul Young. I mean... And the bloke... You know the big rings uh, that hung on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for the entire games? Yeah. bloke from Newcastle bought them. So they're here in Newcastle. They're probably next door. What the hell does he do with them? <laughs> you got to get them up. Thirty grand, I think he paid. Yeah, they paid what a lot. What does he do with them? It was on, I mean, was in his backyard for barbecues. It was on eBay. It's a good yeah. talking point. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got there, bro? You can't. Any of their authentic though? Like... Yeah, I don't know if there's a certificate or whatever <laughs> yeah. you get on on eBay. Nikki Webster delivers it. <laughs> <laughs> We've just taken it. We've just got a slab of cans with those rings now. We've just taken them out and yeah, just fashioned yeah. them into a perfect. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, John Foreman. So there you go. I'm guessing that's the first time in 50 or 60 episodes of splitting cases that John Foreman's come into the game easily. Yeah, he's not the so. guy that was with. Um, he's not the Carrie Ann Kennelly guy with the beard. Who was that guy? That's um. Well, he gets a bit of a mention as well. Because he um, was. He surely he was that guy's rival. Harvey. Like that. Uh, Alan, um, fucking um, someone Harvey. Someone Harvey. Jeff Harvey. Jeff Harvey. Jeff Harvey. Yes. Yes. Surely they were like mortal enemies. Well, I think I think I don't know if Jeff Harvey got on. He was part of it at all. There's a little Ryan HG clip, and we Mossy and I don't don't mind telling you we take a lot of inspiration from the fine work of Ryan HG. And that was if you I look am at not surprised. if you look at when they <laughs> hit their peak. You know, I'd have, I'd have to say that two thousand unofficial mascot for the Olympics Fat at the time, didn't they? Yeah, that's that. That's right. Oh, but the year two thousand and their nightly show uh, called the Dream. The Dream. That I mean, that put them on the map. They were already it, big it in Australia. The narrative yeah. of the game. So oh, yeah, they were they were taking you this <laughs> fat ass wombat onto yeah. the podium. Yeah, it was you, awesome. You find uh, again YouTube. I watched it this afternoon. It's two and a half minutes. A Greco-Roman wrestling, <laughs> which is bizarre in itself. But Roy actually commentating this, and it is. I mean, they don't have to do a lot and to the, it. But the gymnastics with it's the amazing. Boys, that's the big one. The batteds have. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, they go on a rant about the closing ceremony and uh, yeah, Harvey and John Foreman and uh, the maestro Rick B. He's calling them all. They're calling them all yeah. maestros. So Rick, there was a maestro off. Ah, so it's all nice. all amongst it. John but, Foreman, did he have a grill at one stage? George. Yeah. George. <laughs> that's my first dad joke. He's right the grill. How far have we gone? Half an hour. Oh, that's what pretty are we good. Talking about? Yeah, we'll oh, and to just yeah. slightly work that into 
Jeff Harvey, Ben Folds once was chastised by Jeff Harvey for smashing a piano stool. Putting a piano stool on a piano. Anyway, my dad's dad joke. Ben Folds, who's his brother? Ben Dover? Ah. To which I reply, Dad, why do they have different last names? That can happen. Can Families happen. are different these can days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, re- moving on slightly from Fatso. George McFarland. Yeah. Yeah. No, Has he been mentioned from... at all? <laughs> no. I'll... Not yet. I can't no. say for certainty. I don't I'm think pretty he certain. Would be. Yeah. I do enjoy Grill. But no. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, so Fatso the Wombat. Um, all I remember from that time, well, not all because I remember Tina Arena and the dress. <laughs> but, and Nikki Webster. And um, not so much Nikki, but always Tina. Um, <laughs> Speaking of your dad. That's my dad calling. Hello, dad. I've got a joke for you. Have you heard the Ben Folds one? <laughs> he's like, right, I know the joke. Uh, um, I just imagine your dad sitting at home. He's like, oh, <laughs> just felt something strange. Yeah. Someone said one of my jokes. Hold on, tell me. I don't know if we'll get that in. Don't Hold on. Mossy. When we're done, when we're done, I know it's within. There we go. Done. It's not the spirit. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, that was a photo, by the way, listening at home. That yeah, was yeah. a selfie. It'll, it'll yeah. be amazing. Um, those mascots got some serious merchandising run. Oh my god. They were on everything, everywhere. Well, close behind Karate Kid and Man from Snowy River for topics was Olympic and big games mascots. Springy, Springfield Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, Millie, Sid and Ollie. And and, And Brian HG. They got it wrong, I think it was, they they went... Millie, Sid, and, and they forgot the other and one. Dickhead. And they called him Dickhead. <laughs> and so for the rest of the, the, the dream Millie, series. Millie, Sid, and Dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dickhead, shithead? I'm not sure. No, it's it Dickhead. It's Dickhead. You watched oh, it today. Yeah, no, I didn't, but uh, yeah. that's what it was. But yeah, the old mascots. Was come. it Was it? Was it kind of like, we need to get kids in and put them in Happy Meals? I, or? I, well, and, and I think mascots designed by some... Not... Obviously, people in their... 40s and 50s that have just gone, this will fit the need of what we need to do and didn't yeah. actually touch anyone's imagination or, you know, creativity or anything. So it's yeah. very... Yeah, that was a mis- certainly touched my imagination. <laughs> very good. Well, that's yeah. why we got um, Fatso, the fat-ass wombat, because the, the we, just, we just didn't have a good enough um, mascot. No, did they ask for an HG? No, they didn't. No. So... But they were so... They were just... Australia's answer to the Olympic Games, weren't they? Oh, hell yeah. Commentary. They wheeled them out for the last Winter Olympics. It mm. was exactly Weekend of Bernie style. They weren't even at the Winter Olympics. They're in a studio. They're in a studio in and they're commentating. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. Just, you know, they've got the comb overs. And yeah. They're, they're brilliant actors. They're brilliant writers in their own right. Um, but... It's time for them to move aside and <clears throat> we know a couple of guys who can stand. <laughs> they're funny, we're occasionally If you don't funny. say so. Yeah, yourself. yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. you think it's um, very interesting, though, that Australians, on the whole, have that whole tall poppy syndrome where they don't yeah. really like people succeeding. But in sports, particularly the Olympics, it's just completely different. Like, everyone oh, does get thing. behind yeah. it. It's just so Put strange. Put a gap in them. But That's this right, is the yeah. interesting thing, and this happens in any sport, so you can apply it to the Knights or yeah. tennis player. When they lose, they became... Uh, when they win, they become us. Yeah. You know, we had a great game. Or we, you know, whereas if they lose, it's like, oh, they had a shocker. They're fucked, yeah. So they're... <laughs> the ownership changes. Just, and if they lose enough times, it's disowned. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas, yeah... But then, you know, you start a new season, there's enough hope. You It, it kind of goes in cycles... 
Whereas, I don't know. I'm a Parramatta Eels fan, man. <laughs> I was suffering. When I was in the 80s, I was awesome. You know, back in... Yeah. It was around about Los Angeles Olympics, actually. The 88, and that's it. They were, they were gone. 88? Yeah. Okay. yeah. 85, I think, is their last premiership. 86, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, Sorry, did, you guys wouldn't be old enough to know, would you, maybe, but... What happened in 1988 that was very significant in Australia? It was I huge. Two. You turned two? Yeah. The World f- Expo. I went no, to the expo. There you, go. there you go. You were there. I got your there. Pet, got I your was, pass- I was only, I I was only know four. What this thing is. You got your passport stamped. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And yeah. South Bank in Brisbane. In Brizzy, yeah. What is yeah. it? What's the World Expo? Well, it's just like a. Every, it still happens. Yeah. Wide every every so couple of like years, Canada would have like their own thing saying, "This is what we are." And then England and you know Australia and all that. It's, so it's, each country took what they would put into their Olympic opening ceremony exactly. and put it into a store. Exactly, exactly. exactly. This right. is super vague, but I was only yeah. four, so yeah. forgive yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No. All I can remember about Expo is almost like being in like a little cave, and it was like dark, and I was like, and I was very scared. Yes. that's yeah, all right. I remember. So yeah. your parents said but, they were taking you to the World Expo. And really <laughs> possibly, I might have just been in a cupboard. Yeah, yeah. Screaming with O's. But, um, so, but yeah, so you remember going. Now you're in New Zealand. So now you're in- <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things I remember. We were playing a, a national hockey tournament in Toowoomba. We were the only state, New South Wales, that wasn't allowed to go on all the rides. So the kids there was mega rides. Sorry, like the biggest what? thing ever. We had to go through at least three different expos. I was spewing. The other thing I remember is that was the first time... They I, wanted you to <laughs> learn something. No, it was bullshit. The other thing was that was the first time that I ever had calamari rings and they Ooh. were like rubber they were like worse than what they normally are absolutely <laughs> terrible and then a mate had to swap me with his spaghetti bolognese but not a good mix either no 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 going from one to the look, other it was pear no, shape no but this is it they had a jingle and there'll be some people out there that would know this jingle and it was um, and this is where the music comes in it was called World Expo 88 together we'll show the world that's Back. beautiful my jingle <laughs> that is <laughs> lovely I didn't, I didn't rip into it by the way but you know, yeah, that was it. Together we'll show the world. I had a mug, and three years ago, I think it broke, it shattered. And I had it ever since then. You can check check that out on my Instagram. Well, actually. and here we go. And I don't know if this will be the final segue <laughs> the of the mu- night. Hold on, the mug is going to be on your Instagram. Yeah, pretty sure. I yeah. really need to check this out. At Silas yeah. Moss, jump on there right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, my so we've come from Sydney Olympics. <laughs> we've gone back to the Brisbane Expo, but I'll put it to you now. Brisbane is a well. Where will she be? (laughs) She'll come back in. Continue. Brisbane is a likely candidate city to host Australia's next Olympic Games. We're looking to 2028. The president of the International Olympic Committee has already said, "I think you're, you know, you're a good chance, Australia. You need to put a good bid in. I think Brisbane would work well." Well, you've done it well before. Exactly. They've hosted the on the strength of the Expo in 1988, (laughs) if nothing else. So 2028, and I'll put it to you boys now. When we win the the rights to hold that Olympic Games. Well, opening ceremony-wise, entertainment-wise, who are we going to see there? You know, is it is there... We've already brought up UMI once in the podcast. Trot them out? They'll still be going then? Oh, they'll still be going. So that's going. 13 years from now. We'll fund so the career. We'll fund we're 15 career. years away from Sydney, and we're 13 oh years away from gosh. Brisbane, so we're almost at that halfway point. But anyway... Who would that... we trot out? Have we, have we garnered enough big names in the last 10, 15 years to still have them going or would we just wheel out Barnsley again? Oh, well, I'm sure Johnny Farnham will be back 
for his last tour. <laughs> yeah, that will be the last <laughs> They'll tour. They'll shoot him after it. They'll say, John, we've had enough of this. <laughs> this is this is it. This I, is the final show. No, I'll have one more. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, the locals link to it all. So yeah. Powderfinger, you trot them out, obviously. Oh, we, yeah. We Brisbane try out band. Powderfinger. We get well, Silverchair back together. The well, go-betweens. We did do that episode well, on Brisbane bands. Dead. But you could, yeah. Slim Dusty's dead too, so you just do your best. That's it's right. Hologram well, there could be holograms by oh, now. I know you had a Red Dwarf episode on. So. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I, I was thinking, I was talking about that today. There's no doubt in my mind that holograms will be happening. We'll be just... Press a button. In, not Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a whole new the thing. Whole world, <laughs> the whole world will be mapped. That'd be my only hope. Climb Machu Picchu in like a minute like that and yeah, having a conversation won't be on a phone. It'll just be someone in front of you. Your sure. life will be Disney Infinity. Yeah, just coming that back. That will there be it is. your life. That's, oh my God. Jump, yeah. on in, yeah. jump on Instagram right now. Yeah. At Silas Moss. The world expert. And, uh, Call down long how long ago was it? Mate, it's so long ago you didn't even use the hashtag. World it was uh, 189 weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Okay, so 189 weeks. Go to that Instagram and go about 190 weeks back and you'll see a smashed <laughs> cup. A smashed cup. And one like. One like. One like. Actually, it's just asking. It's begging just, for more likes. Which was you, Mossy? No, no, no. By mom. that point, there'll probably be about four likes. Because well, like we're all hitting up. Brumbaroo. There you go. And it's way, way, way back. Well, tying it all together, because okay. if she's got five kids now, she'll probably have ten kids by the Brisbane Olympics. But, one artist that, like, okay, I'm really sorry if you if you somehow come across this, but C.C. Peniston, I don't know if you're alive or dead. You know the song that's like, finally it happened to me right in front of my face, ah, something, something yes, tonight? yes. She's from Brisbane, and she played at the closing ceremony, and sung that song. Wow. So, maybe... She could be the representative for Brisbane. I'm loving that. Just to throw a spanner in the works. Finally, they're back. We've actually decided on um, an alternative bid to get it out of the major cities for the first time ever, make it a regional thing. Well, Bathurst, you're not far off. Not far off, Bathurst. We we went out there to the Central West. They didn't quite have enough infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Not not the ability to expand. We went Mm. to the Western Slopes and Plains. And to a, a country town that has a lot of facilities already there, so okay. we can build off the back of yeah. those. Um, a lot of people, it's a real centre. And um, look, the airport could be expanded uh, 100 miles. Um, okay. We're talking about Dubbo. So Dubbo <laughs> is our build. Um, they're just going to go around like Victoria Park. Um, what's the stadium? Barden Park, is it? Well, that's the athletics track. That's, they've just, just made that. They're just going to get scaffold. Apex, it's going to make It's, it's going to be like Park. Kevin Rudd's bats, you know, the, the roof bats. They're gonna every scaffolder in Australia My God. is gonna make this massive stadium which we can put up and then we also they've got a zoo, Dubbo Zoo. And who's also what's that, what's that band that oh, comes from there? I'll get oh here's a challenge. Who's you interviewed the, the front man the other day, but yeah, where's his band? There, there you go. Yeah, opening ceremony. It's yours, boys. From Dubbo. You can, have, you can have the anthem, the unofficial anthem. You can have a duet with Nicky Webster. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Central Coast, not too far from Dubbo that we can get not Nicky Webster involved. Not at all. Yeah. Chopper over. Sister City. Yeah. Yep. So that's Done. Dubbo 2024. Thirsty Merc, Nicky Webster, I'd be there. We'll start the hashtag. Elephants from the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so yeah, and you can catch up. We actually interviewed the mayor of Dubbo. This is for real on the Naked Runners podcast about the Olympics of Dubbo. About the bid, and uh, oh, so they right. they you mightn't have known this, but Dubbo put a very late bid in. We had a little bit to do with it for the twenty twenty Olympic Games. Yeah, it all stems from the fact they end in O. Yeah, you've got well Glasgow had the Commonwealth Games, but you've got Rio twenty sixteen, 
It was going to be either Tokyo or Dubbo. They went for Tokyo that time. <laughs> so the next one, obviously, will be... Hold on. Tokyo Dubbo. or Dubbo. Tokyo or Dubbo. Yes. Or, well, Both got great zoos. Yeah. <laughs> great zoos. And it, was, it was out of Lithgow or Dubbo. We just thought that Dubbo, Dubbo had more... Tor- Toronto down the road here. They they, <laughs> they threw their hat in the ring. Yeah. But and, I don't and, know. Toronto messed the beard up. Yeah. And that... that that bid was on the back of a beer coaster. So <laughs> but the mayor, the mayor was uh, was good. No, he played along. He he was he was gutted. He said, "Look, we've lost all our money on the bid. What are we going to do? We're going to have to rebuild." And anyway, they're on board for the 2024 bid, and we're unofficial ambassadors for that. So stay tuned. We might even get a gig at it. Might as well get the splitting cases oh, to do a, yeah, yeah, a bit of stand up work at that. Talking. So, this will happen. Mm. <laughs> oh, good. all right. Any last points that we forgot to mention about the Sydney Olympics before we continue? <clears throat> Oh, look, we've exhausted just, it pretty well. I, I think just one thing. Um, how good were the volunteer outfit, outfits? <laughs> now, we were down in Sydney recently, and I was actually here in Newcastle. There was It must have been on the day they were celebrating when, I don't know, whenever they made those pants or the shirt. And I saw a guy with, and it was like, um, oh, what are those things the cowboys wear? Not cowboys. The, the Cobras. Chaps. No, huh? the, the tops, the... Uh, dries a bone. Oh, yeah. A dries a plastic. Yeah. Um, with the blue and then a guy with the blue shirt and the white shirt. They were just terrible. I had to wear one because I was a volunteer at yeah, the Paralympics. At the Paralympics. And my role was at um, at the seeded volleyball, which was awesome. So there was you know, people who, in particular the guys from Bosnia and Herzegovina, so in all the, the landmines over there. Yeah. Um, it was one of the most amazing spectacles. My job was to press the button when they got a point. <laughs> which would come up and say goal or point or whatever it may be. So, yeah, that was my claim to fame. And the Australian, the team name. a lot of pressure oh, on that as well. Yeah. The team... Oh, tell me, I got it wrong a few oh times. <laughs> goal! Hang on. Oh, hang on. Mossy had it 17 nil at one point. Hang, hang on, on yeah, champ. Yeah. Undo. <laughs> <laughs> control, <laughs> control, control. Said. Every, every Australian team, or well, not all, which we found out, has a name the Socceroos, the Hockey Roos, the Kookaburras, blah, blah, blah. Mossy Roos. Yeah, yeah, the seeded uh, volleyball with the crabs. Makes sense. Yeah, the crabs. Because you've seen this. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually true. Amazing. Yeah, didn't make that up. Yeah, we're trying to find different ones for different sports. So, yeah, we'll the, co- the, we cover that in our, our stuff. So the greatest thing about the Paralympic Games is obviously another chance to have a crack at an opening and closing ceremony. Oh. And, you know, if you've missed your chance oh, at the at god, the able-bodied really. Olympics, well, the big show really is the Paralympics. And Dubbo doesn't so. have a hill, so it's very wheelchair friendly. <laughs> Kurt Fernley's from Carcorn, just down the road, right. so he'll probably bring the flame in. So, yeah. Double cool. is perfect! It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. We've got someone convinced. <laughs> I'm on board for a Thirsty Merc opening soon. Oh, no, that's uh, happening. Just I spoke. Merc. I spoke to Phil Stack at a, at a little gig the other week, actually. Yep. His sister ran at the Dubbo Stampede fun run, which we were commentating at, and he's all. they're all in. So Dubbo Zoo, Thirsty Merc, Phil Stack, and the mayor, we're in. <laughs> okay, we're good. Okay, that's 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 pretty much um, that's pretty much bringing to it the end our podcast about the Sydney Olympics, guys. Where can people? Because this is this is pretty much a music and movies kind of space podcast and arts and that kind of thing. So people that have never experienced Mossy and Robo, where can we find your stuff? 
Most big stadiums will be there. No. <laughs> Rio. Right in the middle. Rio. Tokyo. Lithgow. We'll be at the opening and closing ceremonies. Uh, look, the easiest, <laughs> the easiest way, because we do um, podcasts, the Naked Runners podcast. Yeah, right, you do. We do all these different series, so Glasgow Gold, Run, Jump, Chuck, um, Fun and Games. And the easiest way is just to go to our website, which is mossyandrobbo.com. So mossyandrobbo.com, and there you'll find all our stuff. And... If you just go Mossy and Robbo across any social platform, if it's not there, it doesn't exist. All the all the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, all the things. That's right. Yeah. It's all at Mossy and Robbo. You'll it's find just, it all there. It's just a new age way of doing things, I guess. You know, you don't have to. For us, it's you know, we. I mean, I used to work with the ABC. You know, Dave does a lot of work there as well. Like you know, um, doing things. You don't. We don't. I don't want to go down the commercial route. Yeah. Um, neither of us do. So yeah. the way you can do things, we've, we've just got to find a way of making money out of it. You know, f- to support ourselves. Don't but, we all? Yeah. But the reality is that these are the new opportunities, and suddenly this week we've come across this live streaming thing called Blab, and there's yeah. more, more that are coming out, which you know is just amazing. Exciting so times. Check yeah. us out, mossyandrobo.com. And so go to mossyandrobo.com, and there are a million platforms from there that we do recommend you follow them on. Pointy, if you need to go to more of us and more of our things, where do you find all the information? Uh, just go to splittingcases.com. And if you did enjoy the episode, please rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Five star. And if you- all the oh, stars. we'll take four. We'll <laughs> no, take three. No, but, only- but five. Oh, do I, five. I don't know. Three and a half plus. Please.